Hi, Liz Winstead, co-creator of The Daily Show and founder of Abortion Access Front, or as we call it, Abortion AF. Abortion AF is a nonprofit created by activists, organizers, and a variety of showbiz types who want to use our talents and platforms to raise awareness to the erosion of abortion access and create programs that help us reclaim this fundamental right. We help connect local abortion providers and activists with their community so folks can learn how to help clinics stay open, patients access care, and reverse the current decimation of bodily autonomy. We also get into good trouble exposing the lies of the anti-abortion movement at their churches, their rallies, and their religious-based fake abortion clinics where creepy people doing some sort of medical cosplay demonize folks seeking abortion care instead of providing it. Oh yeah, and our weekly podcast, Feminist Buzzkills Live, we use facts and humor to wade through the ever-changing news in this hellscape. To learn more or to make a donation, visit aafront.org. Exposing sexist ass clowns has never been more rewarding. Wayro TV is filmed for a live studio audience being held against their will. Hello everyone, I'm BJ Mendelson and welcome to another edition of Weibo.tv. I am joined by Kim Marie Lachance Chandra. Did I get all that right? So many names, yes, thank I you. I love that. No, I loved, like, that was one of the things where I was like, because uh, I have to write the name in the file for each for each episode, right, in order to save it for later. So yeah. as I'm writing your name, I'm like, that that is that sounds like a, a superhero name. Oh, cool. You know, like I from a comic book. Superhero. I, I wish my kids actually liked me at their ages now. <laughs> Maybe I could be a superhero, but um, I think like if we get one spin on this earth and maybe we do like, why not just do the whole name? So can I ask you, what does BJ stand for? Yeah, it's uh, Jared is my middle name, but I, uh, when I first got started out, I was doing radio and um, everyone kept saying to me that my name was, you know, Brandon Mendelson was too long to say on the radio or I didn't say concisely. So uh, I just shortened it to BJ, and that, it was around the time my book came out, and there I was. Cool. Yeah, I have a neighbor, DJ. Oh, really? Um, what does that mean? Right. But yeah, no, it's cool. I love your whole name. Well, you know? thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, my family does as well, because they, they're the only <laughs> ones that still call me it. Uh, but less about me and more about you. So uh, where do we start? Because you're working on so many different things. Um, but if you had to pick one, what are you currently working on that you want to tell us about? Uh, gosh, I don't know. Between like poetry and I just wrote a song, like a super cheesy reminiscent love song. Cause why not? I'm 46. Um, you asked me which one, um, I'm working for the world's largest, um, advertising conglomerate and I don't really have any big projects in the works there, but we're doing a lot with like diversity, equity, and inclusion. And the reason I say that and not DEI is because like, let's not do the alphabet soup if we can avoid it or at least upon first reference. Right. Yes. So, um, what else is going on? I mean, there's lots of crazy personal stuff that I have to deal with that you know about, but project wise, um, I'm kind of like in this manic phase where I sort of have a muse and, Um, I feel kind of guilty about that, but it's making me highly motivated. And like, I just went to London recently on bereavement and I stayed up all night writing poems every night. I didn't have a window in my hotel room. So that was a mistake. Um, (laughs) cause I didn't know what time it was and what was up or down and if I was going to go to the tube or not. Like, so I would speak into Siri. So I think it's funny how Siri warps stuff. So I think poetry is kind of the biggest thing, but I'm curious 
to throw it back to you, and I know you're like more about you and less about me, but um, I can't help but wonder like how, I think maybe I retweeted a tweet of yours, but like, how did you know I had projects going on or who I was? Yeah, I have a list, um, and I'm, I'm ashamed to admit it out loud because I, you know, when you follow people on social media, you want to follow everybody, right? Like, but I, I barely have time, like, to breathe. So um, I have a list of like 500 or so people. Okay. Um, and I was like, these these are the 500 people that I, that I thought were interesting, or I'd shared interesting cool. things in the past, and so you were on the list. And that what for the initial wave of Waywell, I just went down the list, and I was like. Uh, hey, would you would you like to come on the show? Because I, I think you're interesting. Uh, Thank so, you. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, project wise, like for one of my clients right now, um, they're the world's largest music streaming platform out of Sweden. Use your imagination there. I cannot say them, but I can intimate. I guess if that's the right use of that word. I'm doing like their morning newsletter that goes out to all almost 8,000 employees. So I get up at like 5:30 in the morning my time because all of my coworkers are in New York City, Sweden, all over the world. And since the pandemic and the whole entire like working world did that, um, everybody kind of joined my world, which sounds really weird and narcissistic. But I've been at home writing since my kid was born 21 years ago. Like I have two other kids. So now everybody's like, I gotta go pick up my kid or I gotta like, Oh, I've got an appointment. And I'm like, when are you gonna be back? Just to give them a hard time. Cause I've had a hard time like balancing all yes. that. So it's a gift. So, um, but I like writing their newsletter because I'm a huge fan of music. Um, and I'm surprised, like I was on that team before. And if I'm rambling, you just cut me off. No, like, totally get good. it. Um, I wish I had like a cutoff button when I do the interviews. So it's right, fun right. to be like enabled a little bit. And I say that with all due respect. Um, and it's fun to be um, indulged to be the one talking. So yay. Um, so on that newsletter, like we were talking about Biggie and the 25th anniversary of a certain album release. And uh, I was like, oh, I just happen to have, you know, like a playlist dedicated to Biggie. And my kids keep me young. I'm 46. I think I said that before. I'm not one of those people who's like, don't talk about your age because I want to get old. So I feel like every year is another achievement. Um, and I'm never stagnant. I always have projects going on. So when you asked me, I was kind of like, which one? Um, I'm teaching yoga at my husband's detox facilities throughout um, Orange County, but my car was just stolen by a gang member. So I don't have a way to get there. So I'm not teaching um, really. So, and someone stole my identity when I was in London. So I have a court date on April 4th to clear my name. I, I don't know how I can steal from companies when I'm in London, like during my <laughs> COVID. <laughs> it's like my undertaker cousins, they've been doing it over there for 300 years. They could vouch oh, wow. for if people could understand their accents. So yeah, that's the long, long answer, BJ. Tired of being tracked online? DuckDuckGo could help. Tracking is a comprehensive program. Trackers lurk nearly everywhere online from websites, emails, and even apps in your phone. That means you need a multi-pronged solution. DuckDuckGo's all-in-one privacy app can be used as an everyday browser with private search, tracking, blocking, encryption, and now email protection built in. It's the free, easy button for online privacy. Download the app today. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Mike Reese. I've been writing for The Simpsons for 30 years. But in my spare time, I travel. I've been to Iran, Iraq, the North Pole, the South Pole, Chernobyl. <laughs> These are my vacations, folks. I've even been to North Korea. That's the scary Korea. It's all in my new travel podcast on the Believe Network called What Am I Doing Here? It's fast, it's funny, and it's factual enough. You'll hear how I was robbed in Rio, kidnapped in Honduras, dangled from a cliff in Pakistan, and chased by a lady with a meat cleaver again in Honduras. I had a lot of problems in Honduras. Each week I visit all the world's hot spots and hell holes so you don't have to. You're welcome. Download and subscribe to What Am I Doing Here? wherever you get your podcasts. I'd love to dive a bit more into this. We were talking before the interview started of you know, wearing the hat of both a marketer and a journalist. Yeah. And so uh, I'm curious, like, how, <laughs> how you switch between the two. Like, and yeah. The, what, is like- there a trick to get that slides you into, like, marketer mode versus journalist mode? It seems like the worst thing you can do, right? Um, when I think about journalism school at Northeastern or at the University of New Hampshire or my home state, like I would have been like, I'm never going to be a flack. They're disgusting. Like They're the scum of the earth. Like That's horrible, and I shouldn't say that. But that was 21-year-old or 19-year-old me, and it was like us and them. Like That's not a secret. Um, and then I found myself freelancing when the kids were really little. I had two home births, and I was like super into my parenting and um not that I'm not now but kind of not um <laughs> they're 17 18 and 21 like peace out move yeah. out check out time is nigh um especially with online schooling so I don't remember what we were talking about exactly help Market, me out marketing hat journalist how hats. do I delineate or like how do I connect them um I would say that it's it feels icky. Not gonna, I'm not one of those pretenders. Like I know that if I would fail in politics because they'd be like, she wears her heart on her sleeve. That's why I'm wearing red. Um, I just do, I just ooze like the truth of authenticity. I think that's good and bad for my career. But, um, the journalism thing, like recently I did an NFL, um, Super Bowl day, coverage thing with former NFL players talking about like access in their um, communities, communities of color um, to loans, you know, not these like shark loans. Um, And that's no shade on the sharks. I used to cover the sharks and like hang out on set. It's so much fun. They're so crazy. Um, And I would always take my kids speaking of like being a human and a journalist. Like I would just bring a kid for the day and boost them from school. So I think that bleeds into also marketing. So marketing for me, um, again, I never wanted to do it. I ended up working for Amoeba, which is a small upstart out of Winnipeg, um, doing children's TV. And I went to New York city on business trips and like started to become a working mom again, although all moms are working moms and should be paid. I think, um, it's like the most important job with dads. Come on. Yes. Or, partner who might identify as a unicorn and that's not to make fun of pronouns it's just it is what it is um so for me like that day I went to LA and I was I was like dressed up and ready to go and I was in journalist mode and I wore red again red is like a thing for me because I want to like command attention when I walk in the room and like cut through the melee and get an interview and get all the interviews and I want them first 
Like I'm just obsessive. Yeah. But then when I'm in marketer mode, I don't, I tried to blend those worlds recently and learned a lesson. Like I just was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to be freelancing for X, Y, and Z publications, sports stuff. But can I maybe like twist an angle, keep it totally honest and truthful and sell it to marketers or brands on the side of the company that I work for? And my bosses were like, well, don't forget to take a day off. Like if you're going to be double dipping, you know, so I put that in the system. I got the day off. Um, and then we tried to like pitch and upsell the client and they're actually going to go for it. So I feel like I'm kind of getting the best of both worlds, but I think it also is to be taken with caution, (laughs) right? Like you don't know who you're getting when you talk to me. And, um, that I think is gray area that I still have to like reckon with and that my journalism professors would completely bristle at. But now when you look at all of us, we all have an online following, minus fledgling i don't pretend that it's big um and we all have to be marketers of our own work you know i started 17 at the lowell sun newspaper where jack kerouac lived for a short time and it's like the thing um and the mills that my french canadian immigrant parents worked at um well not them but ancestors and um i would watch the press's role and i would vie to be like on the front page at 17 of trying to like put my foot in the door above the 30 and 20 year olds. And I wasn't well liked there because of that, but I did not give a rip. I was like, I'm going to do this in my Paisley dress in 1990s docks and kill it. Um, I had a point with that. I don't remember what that was either. You can see a theme. I sleep like three hours a night. So, well, let me, let me, uh, I'm going to stay to the, the questions that, we, that I ask everybody. Uh, Cause I would love to hear what you have to say on them. Like, so the first one I ask is if you can give someone a piece of advice, like a creative at home that's watching this, like what would it be? Well, I think you should probably sleep more than three hours <laughs> and probably not dictate poetry and sarcasm and snark into your phone all night long because Siri doesn't even care and is going to mess it all up anyway, but it only deepens the humor sometimes. The other thing I think I was saying, and I think it's cliche, so I want to make apologies ahead of time. It's just like, be yourself. Um, We can get back to that. But David Spade, I'm not the biggest fan, but I met him at the comedy store when I was doing a set up on Sunset in Hollywood. And he was like, record yourself. And I was like, really? Like, dude, is that the thing? Because I was hoping you were going to say something like otherworldly. I had to go on before Mark Maron and I was like crapping my pants, you know, not literally, but figuratively. Sure. Um. David Spade was like, just record yourself, but that's banned in that area. You cannot do that. Um, and my brand of humor does not jive with corporate America. It's totally dirty. It's totally inappropriate. My kids would vomit in their mouths. So I don't record, but I think what he was saying, and it goes back to my piece of advice for creatives is be yourself, but look at what you're doing. I mean, thinking of Will Smith and Chris Rock, and yes, everybody's talking about them, so sorry to bring it to your feet here, BJ, but you seem like you're pretty hearty. Um, Watch yourself. Watch your ass, man. Like, be yourself, but watch your ass, because um, I swear a lot, so that's also part of the authenticity. I was supposed to quit. It's not happening. Um, Salty mouth, you know. Uh, Be yourself. Know your limits. Know your boundaries. So when you're saying be yourself, that's really amorphous. Like, who are you when you wake up? Are you funny? Are you snarky? Are you a little bit grumpy? Like, for example, a client that I have on um, 
the conglomerate side, like the, the company that I work for and have like a salaried job with benefits and all that 40 hours a week. Um, they're, they're like, this client didn't particularly like the job that you did. I just found out before I talked to you. Um, they just didn't like the light that you cast the person in. And not only that, the source didn't like the light that you cast the person in. And I was like, well, I was quoting them directly and I checked with them on their quotes, but I do bear responsibility for snark, right? Like I do bear responsibility for wanting to be the dissenting voice. And I always will freely admit that. Um, but that's me honoring who I am. That's me being trained, um, at Northeastern by Nicholas Daniloff, who was um, kidnapped by the KGB to go after the truth and then find like a couple of views that are pro, a couple that are con, a couple that are in the middle. Like don't ever just present it flat. So they didn't like what I did, but they were like, we do like your authentic voice and we do like your humor. So, you know, you could be like a sniper and come in and hit off those pieces that are funny and fun and playful. And it, it happens inevitably with every client, you know, like they try me on and they're like, geez, she's, I'm, I'm a person of extremes. I'm either like happy or sad. <laughs> I'm either funny or stayed. So I think it can actually help you and hurt you. So take that with what you want. Be yourself. Don't take any shit. Stand up for your voice. But however, remain humble and be like, you know what? I do bear some responsibility when people don't like me because I do do X, Y, and Z that's different or maybe not um, friendly or um, nice. So yeah, I think it's all of that. This is Rosie Tran from Rosie and BJ Save the World, a podcast asking big questions and discussing how to solve these big issues. This is a podcast for people just like you who ask, has the war on drugs been successful? Do we need universal basic income? Should we legalize sex work? Go to rosieandbjsavetheworld.com to get more confused. Do you want to grow your audience without sacrificing your privacy? Then the Stupid Sexy Privacy miniseries is just for you. It's a short, special presentation that will run every Thursday morning right here on weiwo.tv for the next 23 weeks. In each short episode, we'll teach you how to preserve as much of your privacy as possible while still participating in the creator economy. You'll also hear from top privacy and disinformation experts who will teach you how to protect yourself from fascists and weirdos. And who doesn't want that? So make sure you're subscribed to weiwo.tv where all podcasts can be found and we'll see you every Thursday morning for a special presentation of Stupid Sexy Privacy, a weiwo.tv miniseries. Now let me put the shoe on the other foot and ask you, what, what was the best piece of advice that you ever got? Well, sorry, David Spade. Um, it wasn't him. Um, career-wise? Yeah. Okay. Well, could be pers- I- it could be personal too. It could. What what stands out as the best? Like, if you had to pick one, I would say David Pugh. My he, I can name where he works. I because I mean, like, they're not going to come after me. I don't think. But he's over at HBO Go. And he was my first ever boss, like outside of college. Um, he went to UNH. It's all about who you know, right? Um, the University of New Hampshire. And he lives a bi-coastal lifestyle, kind of like we do. 
And um, his brother is the person who like designed the first streaming te- or streaming music device. It's hanging on his wall. They're both like these amazing inventors, Nick Pugh and, and David Pugh, and they've had the biggest impact on my career. And they've each given me advice and kind of held me under their creative wings. Um, David was my boss at NBC. So I was working at MSNBC and I was flown out to the campus of Microsoft and I was like 20. I was just like, you know, just so excited for life. Um, but his advice was like, don't let it all out there. You know what I mean? Like I'm an oversharer. Like how much have you already learned about me, BJ? And what do I know about you relative to like what I've read, which is all great, but I will turn over a rock and show the underbelly with like, Oh, I have an arrest warrant out because somebody stole my, like, did you need to know that today? Probably not. Um, but it's all to me part of the package. So even though I'm saying the best advice is to tone your shit down and not be OTTK, which is my nickname at work over the top, Kim, my advice is not to take that advice. Like I would tell Dave to his face and I just stayed in his house in New Hampshire. Like, sorry, it's working for me. So when people are like, take advice, I don't want to down on that. I've done that a lot, but I usually almost all the time, 100% 100% guaranteed will go against their advice and it works out for me. <laughs> like stand up led me to other jobs and gigs and I got into stand up from doing a streaming TV thing, right? Selling children's shows and buying children's shows. So I think when you let all of your spots show and go figure I'm like you know full of makeup right now, other people might be like, "Hey, I got spots too." And let's be spotty and weird together. Um another thing is embrace your weird. Like I've been called weird my whole life since I was like a little Catholic school girl who didn't really talk much, believe it or not. Um, weird. I used to hate it. I just wanted to blend in. I didn't want to be French Canadian. I didn't want my parents to drive weird cars and eat weird food and have these ethnic differences. I wanted to blend in, which is hilarious because I'm a middle-aged white woman, you know, first generation American, like blend in. Um, I didn't realize how much privilege I had. And check your privilege. You know what I mean? Get involved with the diversity efforts at work. And don't just do that. Do it in your life. So I have a lot to say. <laughs> which is great. Which is we need, cool. We need more people to share everything that they want to say. I think like there's too much, too, many, too many people suffer from imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. I've been there. Yeah. And that, it just keeps them from sharing. Like, why does anyone want to hear what I have to say? Well, you don't know until you do it. So I, I think it's great. I, I think that. Thank you. The presentation yeah, my, you have is wonderful. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say my niece is in college and she's like, I always know the answer, but I don't put my hand up. And I'm like, why not? Like, I was that annoying kid. I was always like, Same. I know, Mrs. Kime, I know, I know. And she was like, let's try to give other people a chance. But it's led me down paths of public speaking and being here with you today, which is a huge privilege. Like, I, we just met and the universe brought us together. It sounds very California, but that's where I am. Um, and like, thank you for that because we're just molecules flying around here and we got to talk together because of these idiosyncrasies, because I'm not afraid to put my hand up. However, I say that with the caveat that like, you can also take on too many opportunities and it took me until, you know, right before the pandemic and finding out that, you know, we have a kid who needs to go into recovery. Like you can't do it all the time. It's okay to, to say, I'm tired um, I'm going to say no to BJ. <laughs> Sorry, BJ, you're out. You, I, you're fired. 
Um, oh, I hate to even invoke that person. Let's just <laughs> take the tongue out of my mouth and hang it on like a beef jerky hook now. Um, is that visceral enough for you, BJ? Yeah, it worked perfectly. Okay, good. Um, like, I've had to be like, no, I can't do comedy for two years because I need to f- take Family Medical Leave Act and I have to get a lawyer and I have to like be a mama bear and defend my kid. And then I need to have a mental breakdown <laughs> and have my right. husband peel me off the floor and hold up the whole family, you know, which impacted his FAA like flight status. And the guy's just a saint. He saved our daughter's life. So I think you have to learn to be like, right now I'm having a mental issue. Like I, I think that's just as important as anything else, if not the most important. We're doing family therapy. Every person in the family has their own therapist. I fired mine. I get away with that. Um, and self-care. Why aren't we talking about that more? And I know there's a huge movement for that. So I'm glad to be um, kind of out there just saying it like, yeah, I'm a little crazy. Let's not use the word crazy, but get yourself some help and don't say yes to everything or you'll burn out. Yes. Yes. I wish. I, I wish I had followed that exact advice many, many times over. Um, so. Right. And it's constant. I'm not saying I'm perfect. There's no perfect. Right. It's like a constant reminder. Yeah. It, re- it really is. Um, yeah. It's a daily struggle. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's been 20 minutes. I promise 20. Um, so let me ask you where, where can we find you? Where can we, where can we find the stuff that you want to share? Like, like your poetry, for example. Oh, I haven't done that yet. So if anybody's there, I hate to be that person who's like, if you're listening right now, I just haven't put it anywhere, but I need to submit it. It's all grossly inappropriate and will probably hurt my corporate career. Um, I also want to uh, recognize that you held space for me on a number of fronts today. And I, I really feel seen. I feel heard and I feel honored to be here with you, but I definitely railroaded all those cues. I think we had like a gazillion more, but I, and I feel for you because I know how that feels when it happens to me on an interview. <laughs> I'm like, but, but, but the client asked for this one thing. Luckily you're your own, yes. like everything. So you don't have to stress that hopefully, but if there are follow-ups, just let me know. Um, my name is Lashandro, L-A-S-H-A-N-D-R-O-W. I had to think about that on Instagram. I'm going to make my thing public again. I took it down for a day because somebody was stalkery. Um, and that's also like a, a word of caution. Like as you climb through the ranks, you could get weirdos. I'm weird. <laughs> let me, let me say people were inappropriately like reaching out to you, um, and then following you and then asking you where you live and no. Um, and then Lashandro L A S H A N D R O W on Twitter as well. I'm tempted to do a TikTok because I sing and I write songs. So you'll oh. see me there soon. And I think I'm going to be chameleon, like instead of chameleon, K-I-M. Um, but maybe, do you have any advice? Should I stick with Lashandra across all platforms? Yeah, that's yes, the shortest answer <laughs> I could give you. Is what did I say about advice, BJ? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to do the opposite. <laughs> this is Greg Goldstein, and I'm the applause sign operator here at Weibo TV. But turning this cute little sign on is only a small part of what I do with the show. I also pay the bills. So if you like what you just heard, and you want to hear more episodes of Weibo TV, let me share with you how I make the money to pay those bills. Knock, knock. Who's there? Broken pencil. Broken pencil who? 
Never mind. There's no point. <laughs> Did you know that laughter is a distinctive human characteristic meant to help calm us down? You see, the business of marketing may be ever-changing, but people have been documented trying to make each other laugh since ancient Greece. That's why, at That Funny Agency, we're more than just digital marketing professionals with years of big agency experience. We're also professional comedians, artists, actors, writers, and musicians who have a unique insight into the science of happiness. At our digital marketing agency, we use our innate humor to bring people closer together. Customer to business, collaborator to client, friend to friend. It's almost like funny is our middle name. Oh wait, it is. So come laugh with us, journey with us, grow with us at thatfunnyagency.com. We're That Funny Agency. Strategic 360-degree digital marketing by unapologetically funny people. That's it for this episode of Weiwo TV. Our announcer, editor, and producer is Jonathan Ingram. Additional editing is provided by Andrew Van Voorhees. And those dulcet tones you hear are those of Rosie Tran, Crixley, Colton Hagen, and Elise Randall Monica. And of course, our show is hosted by Mr. B.J. Mendelson, recording at the George Carlin Podcast Studio. So folks, stay strong, stay safe, and stay sexy. Thanks for listening. Okay, your, your, your middle name is Macho, but uh, I'm wondering if you ever cry. You ever, has a Macho Man ever cried? Yeah. Really? Uh-huh. It's okay for macho men to show every emotion available right there, you know, because I've cried a thousand times, I'm going to cry some more. But I've soared with the eagles and I've slithered with the snakes and I've been everywhere in between. And I'm going to tell you something right now. There's one guarantee in life and that there are no guarantees. Yeah. And I understand this. Yeah. Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody said life was easy. So if you get knocked down, take the standing eight count, get back up and fight again. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, please take a minute and leave us a review. Yes, we know you're busy and every podcast asks you to do this, but there's a good reason they do. Because every time you leave a review, that review helps more people find and listen to the show. And you know what that means for you? More great episodes of Weiwo.tv. So what are you waiting for? Take out your phone and leave us a review right now before you move on to something else and forget about us. And we'll see you next time, right?